Today's podcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter TWD30. Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season eight, episode 16, the season eight finale called Wrath. Uh, what do you think of this episode? It was the last episode of Walking Dead I'll ever watch. Yeah. No, me too. Um, <laughs> I, thankfully. <laughs> I was actually kind of like, as I was getting ready for the night, I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if this is kind of like a Death of Laurie situation where... <laughs> It's going to be so good that I'm kind of in a little bit of doubt, or I look like a massive uh, uh, asshole to rage quit at this, and like there's going to be. It's like nah, yeah, nah. It it's just got a lot of the stuff that I really hate about The Walking Dead. It's it's better than the average quality of late. I will say that. Sure, it does definitively wrap up the the all out war plotline, but it does that. You know, I, and I, I kept on thinking, like, if this had come last season, well, this wouldn't be the show that it is, where it mm-hmm. just drags everything out, repeats itself, makes stupid plot diversions. Like, you know, why the hell spend so much time in Seaside if they literally are going to be relevant for 15 seconds in the finale? And they're not really. No, like, that's like the, thing. the they Hilltoppers come in and they successfully steal, escape. They steal and, Terrace Thunder, and that's it. Right. Like, right. she had them in their sights. They were done for. Right. Like, ultimately, the trash people... Like, if you strip aside everything that doesn't happen in the comics, it like, it, you're just literally eliminating giant swaths of filler. This whole thing could have been done in one season, and it would have been a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. But it's not, and it's not. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think there are some crumbs in here that could could be good if not for the same mistakes that the walking dead keeps making and here's the the ultimate problem i have with this uh rick's conversion at the end of this episode uh his sparing of negan does not feel satisfying in any way because i think the very next episode he could flip back on himself and say you know what carl was wrong actually and i think negan needs to die sure and you're right maggie uh because they've done that time and time again with every single character uh there's just no there's no feeling like you finally have a resolution to that question because they could always come back and revisit it, which they've done. Yeah, and I came to the conclusion as I rewatched this, like I think that was a like an almost an accidental mercy. Like Rick was honestly trying to kill Negan unless he was trying to mercy like he, unless he's trying to get him to tap out by blowing yeah. three fifty seven magnum holes in him. Like he uh-huh. he unloaded his python before he started doing the fisticuffs, and then the idea that you can slit someone's throat like that strategically. strategically yeah. Now I will say that's how it goes down in the comics. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's more of a like it's been so long because I I thought. That rang familiar, and it's one of the reasons I didn't like just go completely like fucking lose my mind last night on the the live watch. But I mean, y- yeah, like it, it's it's just so weird because like if Rick had just sliced him a half inch deeper, 
he's dead. And I still am skeptical that you could on the battlefield save Negan with that kind of injury. I don't know. Even Jesus. Yeah, and it's just like so like you accidentally non-fatally wounded your and you have happened to have a a medical student that's ready to save him and then you make you you know pat yourself on the back and say your mercy prevailed over your wrath. Your incompetence prevailed over your wrath, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then, God help me, uh, I'm so glad I'm not around for the evil Maggie, Daryl, and Jesus show. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the and, hell and, are they thinking? This is this is why I say they could always flip-flop on this Rick thing. Because right. look at what they did with Jesus this episode. Jesus seems to be totally on board with going and killing Negan, which right. he was totally not on board with last time. And like, like I saw some of the defenses on r slash The Walking Dead. It's like, well, obviously this is just a Eugene situation, and Jesus is just you know trying to spy on them. To get. I'm like, well, it's dumb that Maggie and Daryl are doing this. Maggie and Daryl have been through a lot of shit with Rick. The fact that they would just go right to Rick's wrong, or we're going to scheme to bring about his downfall, and we're going to show like that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean. I do admire the way that, in retrospect, they have been laying tracks by having, like, this schism between Rick and Daryl, and they've gotten into fisticuffs and illegal chokeholds and all this other shit, but Daryl just fucking... Didn't we decide he apologized for that in two episodes ago and said I was wrong? Yeah, no, none of it matters. So, so now Daryl, of all people, is on a fucking treadmill. Yeah. I, I, it's just, they, there's this show is creatively bankrupt, like I've said so many times before. Yeah, the problem is they have one central question, and they keep wanting to try to re-answer it every single episode. Right, right. So I am glad this is the last one that we are doing a podcast for. Yeah. This is not our last podcast. We're doing a podcast wrap next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're going to recount some of our fond memories of the podcast and the show. Uh, we are, if you'd like to send in feedback, you can do so at watching dead at baldmove.com for that. Also, there's a, there's a rollicking forum thread on our forums yeah. at forums.baldmove.com. It's sticky to the top. Which we're, I, I have to say thank you for everybody in that forum because oh, they're posting time codes, which uh, next week is going to be a clip show, but not totally a clip show and also right. not the ch- typical shitty like hey we've been there before right clip shows right and it's i i went through and listened to a lot of samples and it is it's yeah. it is fun it's a lot of fun <laughs> i think it's gonna be fun next week so so tune in next week for our podcast wrap the mm-hmm. series is going to shamble on like a shitty distant cgi mob in the background but but mm-hmm. we're 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 off we're like morgan and we We've, do many other podcasts. We, so we do. We're doing two really good ones right now, uh, The Expanse and Westworld. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so check us out over there. Uh, okay. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get into the recap? I don't think so. Hey, uh, we've got uh, some housekeeping to do. We've got to keep house. Uh, this house is about to be burnt down to the ground, uh, so it's important we keep it. Uh, yeah, you might want to jump ship on this house onto yeah. another house. We're, uh, so, I mean, I've got some out of Like, this isn't just like, hey, uh, try this thing uh, because this thing's going away. Like, I j- legitimately think a lot of people listening to this podcast will enjoy the two shows that we are just embarking on. Yeah. Show number one is The Expanse. We got the first week under our belt of the third season last week. Uh, it's brand new for us. We haven't covered it before. Yeah. If you have uh, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you have access to the first two seasons for free. You can start streaming it. Uh, it's a great science fiction show. It hypothesizes what humans, uh, human, humanity civilization would look like when we colonize the asteroid belt and Mars and still magically don't get along mm-hmm. still have rivals and factions and it's very game of thrones in space they even have yeah. their own space got john snow they do 
Uh, it's got great special effects. It's very well written. It's got some heady and high concept science fiction stuff. I think people would like it. Lots of good action. Lots of good ship ship battles. Uh, the second show is Westworld coming back for its sophomore season this weekend on HBO. Uh, if you like, uh, it, it's it's got some some gross looking kind of arguably zombie looking things. It's got some body. It's got some horror. It's got uh, it's got uh, sexuality and nudity. It's got extreme violence, and it also has some really brain twisting questions about what is consciousness mm-hmm. and what would we do with artificial intelligence that emerges with a human level of consciousness. Uh, how would we treat those individuals and those beings, and what would they think about us? Uh, and it's just extremely well written with tons of mysteries to figure out. Uh, it really, the Jim's just re, just binged the whole first season holds up pretty well. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, and we're really excited for it to come back this week on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out Westworld. Uh, as always, we've got stuff coming out for the club next week. We're going to be seeing, uh, the infinity war, uh, uh, Avengers edition, the, the biggest Marvel cinematic universe, debut to, to date mm-hmm. i'm actually legit i've gone through my ups and downs in the marvel cinematic universe i'm actually legit excited just for the spectacle yeah of this many stars and characters and plots converging together over two and a half hours of film we'll see we'll see if it holds up uh what else i think that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of house to keep mm-hmm. so uh there you go baldmove.com so we begin with the scene of a slightly younger rick and a very much younger carl walking down hand-in-hand the gravel path next to a cow pasture. Mm-hmm. I and, and Rick's intoning, I remember. Uh, I don't. I don't like, I mean, Carl just... <laughs> you, you should. In all honesty, you should. This is you not paying attention to the episode, because this is the scene that Carl is describing in his letter to Dud. Is it? He's like, actually talking about it, like, like and I saw the cow and, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you didn't pay close enough attention, which but, I don't blame you. But no, my, my, it, it was a pretty bad episode both last time and this. Time. I guess my question is, where is this taking place? Because Rick's in his sheriff's uniform, but we saw where Rick and Carl and uh, fucking Lori lived. Mm-hmm. It's in a like a suburban div- housing division. Yeah. Do you walk to the end of that city street and and that, I, that has a know. major, it has a sheriff's station? So it sounds like it's the county seat. It's got the sheriff's station. It's got a fucking major hospital in it. They're mm-hmm. just a, they're just a cow path down the end of this road. I mean, I believe there's there's a cow path somewhere in okay. Atlanta or okay. in the outskirts of Atlanta. All right. Uh, objection withdrawn. Okay. Uh, we contrast this idyllic scene with this dead, just just scenes of dead faces, mm-hmm. and we find out that they're walking after the hilltop saviors. This is a, actually a pretty cool scene, the hilltop being in focus and the dead behind them. Uh, Rick is caring for his daughter uh, and then gets a nice, long, hard look at himself in the mirror, conveniently put above the baby's uh, crib for for reflection purposes mm-hmm. seems like it'd be a hazard that a toddler could like, grab and pull off onto themselves <laughs> and, raining and shards d- of broken glass but on you them. know it, can you can you put a price on giving yourself a long hard look in the mirror after you betrayed dozens of men on your word <laughs> i don't know uh sadiq comes in with a bottle because he needed to be there he says something S- about someone sasha was up that was what he said Sasha was a who's Sasha or was it Sasha yeah I think you're right but I who the fuck is I remember the old Sasha right new Sasha is completely unknown uh and she's she's up so he got the bottle whatever uh Rick asked him how it happened 
Uh, Sadiq explains his mother's belief about souls being trapped in bodies of monsters and how killing them lets them move on. Is that the first time they've actually articulated his mother's... Because I, I remember them talking about honoring his mother, but I never... I don't remember them actually spelling it out. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Again, I you know I'm a bad. I just one of the reasons I stopped doing a podcast. I've I've become a bo- bad podcaster about the show. A bad bad student of The Walking Dead. I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> so and killing them lets them move on, and that she the they were trying to honor his mother, and this was Carl's uh, way of trying to gain his trust, but it was dangerous, and they didn't think about that. Uh, but. All that's left of people, we lose are their ideas, and Rick thanks them as he walks out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry pesters Car- Carol about coming back to the kingdom after they win. Jerry's position is, we ain't losing shit today. <laughs> uh, which, I kind of like this scene. <laughs> Jerry's yeah, entertaining. I, I like it. I'm, 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 I could go either way on it, honestly. Yeah. Maggie, Rick, Daryl, and Rosita debate the plan uh, and about the trustworthiness of whether they can, they can believe Gregory and Dwight by extension. Morgan fucking loses his mind when he sees the Hilltop Saviors return from the sweep of the wall and almost rushes and kills them and actually does knock Henry to the ground before mm-hmm. Carol recalls him back to his senses. Uh, and yeah, I'm trying to figure out how that fits into Morgan's idea that he wants to go out here and kill for them, like protect them, keep them alive. I I think he thought he thought he saw these savior people coming with machetes and stern looks on their face and just snapped, which, yeah. you know, whatever. And then Maggie uh, reminds uh, the, the, the Christopher Walken impersonator that uh, you might be living here, but you're not us. Mm-hmm. They, they ain't us. That's the back to the Daryl doctrine. Uh, should I stop? Do we want to like throw in some commentary here? We just gonna... Not particularly. No, I have okay. stuff later on. But OK, pedal to the metal then. Uh, Rick tells Morgan, hey, uh, you're pretty crazy. How, your, your friend from Faux Sensor is, uh, is miscalibrated. Maybe maybe you should sit this one out. And uh, Morgan explains, no, I have to do this. And I know you know because you did something a couple episodes ago that you knew was wrong for you. But we crossed it both because we've lost everything good. And what does it matter if we spend what's left of us to keep people alive? Because we can't go back anyway. Which... Rick doesn't agree with, but he doesn't really have a hard argument other than I just don't agree with your statement. Uh, <laughs> and then Morgan says, let's go out and finish this. Uh, we go yeah. back to the sanctuary. I he, mean, he, he breaks the fourth wall in that scene. He says, Andrew, we're worse than we were. <laughs> yes. He, he, you know, really, I'm surprised they left that scene in there. Right. We are typecast. We yeah. are, our, our market value has been chewed up. Hopefully, we've got a lot of fat checks to, to sustain us for yeah, years to come. This was eight years of your life, man. Yeah. Both yeah. of our lives. He was in the pilot. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. This this machine is kind of like the device the evil prince made in The Princess Bride. It just uh-huh. it just sucks people's life and gives nothing but pain and misery. Uh, we go back to the sanctuary, and Negan is taunting Dwight and said, you once had all these people's respect, and now you have nothing except for your regulation spray-painted A sweatpants. Uh, Negan uh, tests Eugene's newly formed munitions at a makeshift range. He shoots a dummy that's labeled Rick, uh, and... Negan asked him if this is something that Dwight wants to see, and he goes, no, I need to see this. Uh, Some blue-haired idiot comes up and says that uh, they're ready to to do Negan's bidding. Negan calls them idiots, and he says, also bring Gabriel, too, because I have shit I need to confess. All Mm -hmm. right. 
then we see Negan making a mock confession on the way to the trap where he says, I've sent those blue-haired idiots to the roadblock to essentially die, to sell the plan. I'm sacrificing my men to make Rick, because Rick's going to be naturally skeptical, but once he, he gets this and he gets confirmation of it, he's going to get blood in his nose and not going to be able to resist walking into the trap. Yeah, this is actually a good plan. Yeah, uh, it's I, some cold shit, but, you know, it's Negan. Yeah, right. Negan I should mean, do cold shit. You, you got to make some sacrifices. This is war. It's all out war. Um, a lot of people are going to die in war, and if you can use them to end it once and for all, that's probably not a bad thing overall. Mm. Uh, wrong wrong side would win if this goes off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, it, this is actually a really clever plan on Negan's part because it's it's two layers and and you're hoping that Rick will discover the first layer. And even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. if Rick didn't get the message for some reason or whatever, the plan is going to work as right. planned. Yeah. It's but the, then there's the, a backup plan, assuming he does think it's a trick. Uh, you've still got him. Yeah, we mentioned that last. That's just the, just the, the plain reading of the plan as presented to the War Council was a good plan. Yeah. I don't see how Rick and the, the people, since they've put the all in all eggs in one basket strategy, I don't see how it doesn't work. Yeah. But also has a trap that it can be ended decisively and um, explosively. Mm-hmm. And it would have if uh, Eugene hadn't made a miraculous uh, heal the face turn. Yeah. So Gabriel tries to uh, tell Negan that this can't be what you want. And Negan says, it's not about what I want. Uh, at this time, uh, there's a zombie in front of the car, and the barcode swerves to avoid it, and while they're on the shoulder, Gabriel bails out into <laughs> the grassy side of the road. Yep. Uh, he takes off. He's 90% blind, so he's quickly round up, which makes you kind of think, like, why is this scene even in here? Yeah. But it does let Eugene confront him, and, and like, an early nod to that Eugene's having a change of heart where he says... Look at you. Where does your faith go when you truly need it? It seems like the only time it's worth holding on to. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you have faith now, old man? Because I'm about to blow these fuckers up. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting to me is Eugene doesn't talk like a fucking idiot here. <laughs> he talks like a normal human being. He's got an odd cadence, but he's like, you know, where's the ergos and erstwhiles yeah. and fucking all this other bullshit he comes up with? Like, if if Eugene talked like this 90% of the time, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, and... I mean the, the the dialogue in so many other places is so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really notice it in this scene, which means it must not have been terrible. Uh, Negan promises to kill Father Gabriel, but not now. LOL, because we need to keep him alive to this this final scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, on the way to the ambush, tries to demorgalize Morgan. He says, "Your problem Good is." Luck. You're just killing people indiscriminately to protect people, but that's making you dangerous to the people you're trying to protect. It's a real logic puzzle here, Morgan. Uh, you've you've been working on it. Like I've been sitting here, I've been since I've been on this show, I've been watching you struggle with the same goddamn Rubik's cube. Here, mm-hmm. let me solve a side for you and hand it back to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, so uh, he suggests a new rule: use the blunt end of your stick for the living, the sharp end for the dead, and things will get better. Okay. What do you think? What do you think about Jesus' advice here? Uh, I mean, I I want to wait until it actually comes into effect um, when, you know, he's about to kill someone right. and he decides not to. Right. Uh, then maybe I'll talk about okay. how ridiculous it all is. Okay. Because that's a perfect scene because it, it contrasts the two, it, the, the, the two opposites of crazy. Mm-hmm. 
okay, so the hilltop is then concurrently attacked by a convoy of savior vehicles, and the hilltop springs into action. Uh, Tara is leading a whole bunch of people away. It sounds like they have a lot more people than guns because Rick's got all their guns and ammo. Uh, Rick walks into the trap. It begins with everyone whistling, and Negan is broadcasting an omni sound because he's using a radio, and all of his men have like bullhorns held up to their radios. It sounds like he's just coming from everywhere. And it's funny when when this happens, Morgan immediately abandons the the stick, right? And he goes, he switches to the rifle, right? <laughs> like, right. oh, where, where's your stick now, Morgan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which which end of the bullet do I use, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he says, he kind of hilariously says, hey, Rick, I've ambushed your ambush with an even bigger ambush. Mm-hmm. He taunts him, taunts him with Eugene and Dwight and Gabriel uh, and how they are all instrumental to his plan. He has his men surround them. Uh, and they, it's kind of like something out of like Rambo 3 or maybe Braveheart where you just see. Again, how many fucking men does Negan got? Because yeah. it looks like at least a hundred, and they're all ringing this hilltop, and they're in this very effective firing position. And Rick's got the low ground; it's just going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he counts to three; they all fire, and literally every one of the guns blows up in their hands and/or faces, killing or wound, grievously wounding them all. Yeah. Now, I did a cursory bit of research. Oh, okay. And it can't, apparently guns can't explode like this, and one of the reasons guns can't explode like this is an improperly loaded round. So, all right. Good whether you think 100% of guns would explode in this <laughs> catastrophic uh, manner, whether you think that it's kind of unlikely that no one besides Negan would test a bullet or, mm-hmm. like, like fire something in advance, the, like the very first bullet is going to be the one that's loaded, and it's like, I, I don't know. I can't help you with that question. I'm just telling you that, that from the show's, show's perspective, Eugene decisively won the war for Rick. Mm-hmm. He literally took out the entire army single-handedly i mean this is better than the walking dead usually does with their concepts you know sure. like the fundamental idea of this is sound now like you said there are a lot of problems with it but the fundamental idea yes a gun can blow up yeah yes it can blow up because of what eugene could do to a bullet yeah uh it, they don't take the same care with oh i don't know vans falling off of bridges or sure. or any number of stupid <laughs> stunt things they've done in the past i still like I don't want to let him off that easy because, sure. again, I don't know if you can tell, but, like, it's very, like, the fact that this thing, that every gun blows up in the most catastrophic manner mm-hmm. and and yeah. severely wounds everyone uh, is is a little is a little bit much. But, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Th- this is where the episode just falls off a cliff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All of this build-up stuff was much better than what comes after it. Uh, the hilltop flees. Uh, Tara stays behind to guard their rear flank while they escape. The Christopher Walken guy uh, and the other hilltop saviors agree to stay over her protest, and she decides to arm them because mm-hmm. she's got a... <sighs> this is another thing that doesn't make sense. There were a lot of fucking able-bodied hilltop people, mm-hmm. men and women, that could hold, point, and shoot a gun. And Tara has got a duffel bag full of guns that she can... I, I guess she was going to fight a running battle and just, you know, do the Rick strategy of throwing down guns and getting <laughs> uh. a new one. But it's like, that's got to be less effective than having those seven or eight guns in the hands of able-bodied people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there wasn't a choice between trusting these idiots and Tara making the last stand, the fist bump. There was a, but, you know, whatever. That's, that's the decision they made. Uh, 
Rosita saves Eugene from certain death uh, when the American gladiator-looking woman with a bleeding hand and face comes up and says, you did this, you little shit weasel. Eugene hilariously and ineffectively tries to fire his gun at him, and Rosita just ventilates him from behind. I, I wish that she had come up and said, you did this, you shit weasel. But she doesn't. She delivers what is what did she just say? the lamest, stupidest line I could imagine. He did this. Get him. <laughs> like, Really? Come on. I get it. It's the heat of the battle, but you're you're so colorful with your other language. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've been following Negan for how many years now? You haven't picked up a few dickless shit weasels or something? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, Morgan spares a few saviors at the last minute with the blunt end of a stick as Jesus is actively tying them up on an open battlefield. <laughs> okay. This is ridiculous. Let's talk about Morgan now. And and this is going back to Jesus from the very start of this 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 mm-hmm. season when he was trying to take people prisoner and hostage while guns were flying. Like, uh-huh. and, and a guy actively held a gun to whose head? Tara's head, maybe. Right, I think it was Tara. Yeah, and he's still trying to take this guy hostage. And then then the guy he he the the guy like he takes him hostage, and then the guy breaks loose and puts a gun to their head again. Uh-huh. I'm just saying like. The time to do this is it is is like thirty seconds from now when Barcode hands up holds up her hands and says we submit it's over I am turning I am I am surrendering on behalf of Negan's entire army yeah that's when you start rounding people up taking their guns and tying them up mm-hmm. Jesus Jesus <laughs> I mean that's the thing like they say the opposite of crazy is crazy and Jesus is needlessly positioned as that opposite to crazy for Morgan yeah and you know what. That means if Morgan goes completely on his side, he will learn to regret it, and it will send him spiraling into another round of Morgalizing. And this is the huge problem with Morgan as a character, because he should recognize in this moment that this is exactly what he did with the wolves all over again. Yes! That fucking wolf got out, and he caused a bunch of mayhem and got a bunch of people killed because you wouldn't put him down. So we're on, like, the fifth—we're setting up for the fifth— yeah, consecutive round of Morgalizing yeah. with this guy. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh. And now it's going to bleed into Fear the Walking Dead, which people say is a better show. We'll see. Good luck with that now. And that seems like a mess because... So, there's two options here. Mm. Either Fear the Walking Dead fast-forwards a few years and skips a whole bunch of character development that's probably important to that show just to stunt-cast Lenny James uh-huh. in, their one, in one season. Or... I mean that's the only that's the only because because like Morgan can't die in Fear the Walking Dead or ever I guess or ever because yeah, that's his fate he's, he's death proof I just mm-hmm. don't I, I I don't understand I understand that they're trying to get people to follow the Walking Dead over to Fear the Walking Dead any way possible mm-hmm. but it seems like I don't know I could have answered the question I'm sure Morgan showed up in the very first fucking episode I could have just kept watching I chose not to oh yeah no why would you so. Because uh, people say it's a better show. I mean, there's so much that that fucking Scott Gimple has wormed his <laughs> yeah. wormy fingers around now. There's so much else in this part of the episode that is ridiculous. For instance, like, although there's one thing I liked. Okay, so Tara says as they're leaving, "Hey, we left Gregory in the house for the saviors," right? Which I think let is pretty have, awesome. Yeah, let them have yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, but but when when we're on the battlefield. Maggie is clearly gung-ho about getting Negan, right? She shouts, he's running, get him. Like She should be. But she does not give chase. She she shouts, he's running, 
Mm-hmm. As everybody sprints up the hill, mm-hmm. she doesn't give chase. Rick is the only one who gives well, chase. She's Why not? With the torn uterus. I mean, that only. It, none of that has been brought up in. Episodes. By the way, in, in season. By the way, I was shocked, but someone's done the math, and apparently only twenty days have elapsed since Glenn got his brains bashed in. Okay. So the problem is, explain- I honestly couldn't have told you. I know, I know. Just by watching the show. I'd have to go do math. And, and again, that means there's 20 days contained in the set of Maggie saying she has to have exclusive bed rest or she's going to lose her pregnancy to being Xenia the warrior woman. Uh, she's still not visibly pregnant, which, again, only 20 days have elapsed. It's her grief is... But it's just like, God damn, you have stretched out two and a half years into 20 days, and it just doesn't feel like it. Well, I mean, it's it's... Yes, that, that's a huge problem, not knowing when all this stuff is happening, I think. But mm-hmm. they they shortcut so many scenes in this episode mm-hmm. um, to just get to the thing that they want to do. Right. They, they don't ever bring you logically along. Like, there, there's another even more egregious scene. But right here, they show Maggie uh, spotting Negan, saying uh-huh. he's running, charging up the hill after him, and they never show how she loses him. Right. Apparently, Rick is the only one that's successfully able to follow this yeah. unarmed, wounded man across the battlefield. Yeah. Y- you're right. And, like, it's, it's, it's... It just doesn't connect. There's no connective tissue that helps you follow the the story here. It's so weird that this episode, which has been built up for 32 episodes, felt oddly rushed. Yeah. Because my my suggestion is to shortcut all the fucking ocean side, seaside, trash side, heap side bullshit, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and do a goddamn good job of connecting A to B so this stuff all feels earned and has weight. Also, no one, no one of consequence dies. Mm-hmm. In the all-out war, a hundred right. saviors fall on the battlefield. Not a single friendly casual. It's 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 uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so at the hilltop, uh, as Terra prepares to attack the saviors with her hilltop savior companions, they just explode into flame, and you mm-hmm. see ten seconds of the seaside women's brigade flinging Molotov cocktails at the saviors with makeshift bow and arrow. We will not return to them ever again. Every single moment but, but of this the, the ocean spray shit feels <laughs> wasted now. Yeah. Every single moment, because they weren't consequential to the final battle. Yeah. In any way. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you, <laughs> what is the Aaron point? has been crouching behind that tree for a season in vain. I don't know. He's probably got some good quads now. <laughs> All of the trash people was bullshit, too. Yeah. Like, it's okay. So uh, Barcode Neck formally surrenders Negan's army to Rick's forces, and Rick's charges ahead to find Negan. Rick shoots at Negan several times with his very powerful handgun, then charges Negan behind the stained glass tree in which Negan tackles him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Negan reveals that all that eeny, meeny, miny, moe was just bullshit, that he actually, in his heart of hearts, didn't want to beat a man's father to death in front of a son, but says, I wish I had, because then maybe Carl would have been alive. Uh, he then proceeds to just beat the shit out of Rick, because as he points out, Rick's torn open, and Negan is bigger, badder, and has a baseball bat. Rick appears desperately, desperate to plead for his future. He begs for just ten seconds for respect for Carl. Which softens Negan and allows Rick to slit his throat with a piece of his broken stained glass window. A very magical slit that allows <laughs> Negan to live with Sadiq's help. Leaks just the right amount of blood. Yeah, it, it, it gets his windpipe and neither of his arteries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because if he'd nicked one of his arteries, 
you know, Sadiq would be like, I, I can't do shit for him. Like, if I was in a hospital a floor away from yeah. a, a operating room, I couldn't do shit for this man. Uh, I don't know. Maggie loses her shit. Oh, and... I can't stand this performance. I think oh, this really? is one of the worst performances I've really? seen from Lauren Cohen. Yeah, because I was about to say, you tell Lauren Cohen to lose her shit out of context, and she's always ready to do it. She wow. did it for Beth. She did it for uh, you know mourning her widow being unavenged. What was I, I wrong? I thought with it was it? good for Beth. I don't. I, I don't know. I there's something that just rubbed me wrong with this whole performance here. And it's probably because she got one take. I thought her accent was a little off yeah. because, like, she's pretty good at the down. I mean, that's not her natural speaking voice, but she's pretty good sure. at the down home, you know, Georgia country girl voice. But like, Rick has the same problem when he starts doing his stuff. He starts to like some of his uh, some Brit creeps into him. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't think you can. You you can do a really good accent when you're screaming and crying. It's tough, yeah, because it's it's like you know trying to walk and chew gum. It just adds a degree of difficulty. And I opinion. love how just every single one of them appears on the hill. Uh-huh. Like as soon as this fight is over, right. he Rick turns around and every one of them has been just standing there watching, including Maggie, who should right. rush in and kill the motherfucker. Right. I'm so, and I'm so, honestly, honestly. Uh, <laughs> It's a brick creeping in. Yeah, it is. Oh, I didn't know you were British. It is. Why? You bastard. You never told me. This slightly backwoods Hoosier thing I've been affecting uh-huh. is just, yeah, I'm, I've got the, the, the received British pronunciation for everything. Quite right. Uh, I don't, why is Maggie the lone voice shrieking on the battlefield? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't like 95% of people be like, ah, no, bum rush Rick and literally tear Negan apart? Like, this should be some Mussolini shit. Yeah, this should be yeah. some, like, him strung up, him with his dick torn off and mm. shoved down his throat. Like, it, it should be some some vile shit that people think about for, for weeks and months to come. I, I just don't see how Rick can put the kibosh over all of this. Because these people have been suffering under Rick's, or under Rick's boot, yeah. Uh, suffering under Negan's rule for even longer than Rick. Yeah. Like, everyone at the hilltop, at the kingdom, uh... I guess the kingdom, they didn't even know it. They didn't especially know it, but I, I just don't know. I, I don't understand why Maggie's literally the only one and everybody else is just instantly cool with this. Yeah, and it comes back to who is the leader of this community. Um, and I think that's maybe the most interesting question they've raised in this last season is who are these people going to be loyal to eventually? Is it going to be Rick who's running around just killing people and, and barking right. orders and coming up with you know military plans but not actually leading the community or is it going to be maggie who's been doing much more of that no i think it is interesting because with you know i talk about uh the things i'd like to see eventually in an apocalypse show like this is the return of like politics and honestly politics is very tribal it would make yeah i like as rick was given this long speech of like uh you know anyone here they're gonna live in peace and fairness we can find common ground and i'm like all right Hilltops needs medicine, uh, Alexander needs grain, and fucking the kingdom needs beer. Set an exchange rate between those things. Oh, yeah. And and who says it's fair? Mm-hmm. And and who, got, like, there you go. There is your first post-apocalyptic uh, peace and unity fight. Right. Like, right. that. that's like, there's going to be screaming and yelling and lobbying and bitching and moaning and hurt feelings and reparations and, and trade wars. Like, it's it's going to happen, and that could be fascinating. I don't know why we have to manufacture something about, I didn't agree with how Rick handled the arch nemesis, so we're going to have to bring him down. And it's also hard to believe that Daryl would just stand by. 
Because Daryl, yeah. somewhere between letting Rick say, no, we don't kill him, and Maggie saying, hey, we're going to kill him behind Rick's back, Daryl has changed his mind sure. in that space of time for, right. for no reason that we ever see. Right. So uh, I assume that Daryl wanted to kill him when Rick was saying, giving his big speech on the battlefield. Right. Why didn't Daryl walk up and put a crossbow and bolt in his well, head? And, like, you know, the other thing is, like, if you really want to reboot democracy and the rule of law, put Negan on trial mm-hmm. and then have the community decide what kind of punishment he should face. Like, this is just as a, much as a d- dictatorship as, as Negan's bullshit. Yeah, throwing him in prison without a trial, sure. Right. I mean, it's then not. It would be almost a mock trial. But well, that's what I'm saying. It's not to. I'm not saying to establish his guilt or innocence. Right. I'm right. saying for the community to establish a sense of justice, not something yeah. that just enforced by the will of I one man. You. Yep. Uh, and I just, I don't know. Like the fact that, like these are are. I can't. I can't even imagine the depth of friendship you would uh, get with people in this kind of extreme situations as you've been with for years. Mm-hmm. But the fact that no one even tries to talk to him or Michonne or back-channel Rick with Michonne or appeal to the common loss of Rick and Glenn, or Carl and Glenn, and that they would just go to let scheme behind Rick's back. Now, again, I don't have I don't know what their plan is. Maybe this is uh, I'm, I'm being unnecessarily melodramatic, but Bear McCreary's synth track was telling me this is some dastardly dirty shit that's happening. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't seem like Maggie's way either. I don't I don't think she's one to scheme and plot behind people's backs. I think she, like you said, is one to go to them and try and convince them that they're wrong. You right. Know, present the case and, and let that sense of, of justice prevail, but she doesn't even try it. So after that shit show, uh, Rosita surmises that Eugene is behind the sabotage of the rounds and that they kind of owe their lives to him. And Eugene says, and I quote, I introduced a sabotaging aspect to the manufacturing process unspinounced to my colleagues, inspired by Gabriel's purposeful ineptitude. And a few things you imparted to me before I vomited on you. Ergo, I created a modicum of fooey for a full kablooey. Rosita then punches him. Yes. And I'm like, thank the, you, Rosita. She says for the puke. I say for the word vomit. Uh-huh. Either way... <laughs> He 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 deserves it, and he admits to it. Like what? I mean, this is. I remember when Eugene was funny, mm-hmm. but I don't know what I don't I don't know what to do with this character. I honestly don't know what to do with this character because he doesn't seem like a real human being at this point. Yes, I I agree with you, and he's overused. Right. Um, that that's. The central problem I have with Eugene is he's overused. Right. He he might be able to get away with a funny dick bite every once in a while, or or a really just unintelligible line. If Va- the show were laughing at him, mac and cheese, yeah. The, the show never laughs at him, right? Like I'm thinking we're watching Westworld right now, mm-hmm. and there's a character in there named Lee, mm-hmm. and the show constantly laughs at Lee sure. every time he's on screen. The show is laughing at sure. him, but he's not on screen that much. You get right. a couple of scenes with him throughout the first season, right? Uh, that's what they need to do with Eugene, and they've—I think—they've just been so enamored with the character that they've decided that's our go-to right. for the comedy, and they never turn, they never look back. Another good example is like uh, with Breaking Bad; they had like these phenomenally funny characters like Saul Goodman, yeah, 
Uh, but they never just had like all episodes of Saul Goodman. And wisely, yep. when get uh, when when uh, the the Villigan and the Gould uh, decided to do a spinoff show, they're like, "Shit, we can't just have him be in Saul Goodman for an hour. We're gonna have to make a real fucking character here." Yeah. And so Saul, like a lot of people complain about Better Call Saul because. Jimmy doesn't get so to be different. Saul very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a it's but a. You much... wouldn't want all Saul. No, you and wouldn't. We don't want all Eugene. It'd be like eating fifty gallons of vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, the first scoop is great. Second scoop even better. Third scoop, I don't know about this. And that's that's Eugene. They could have. The thing is, there's been like Eugene's been on his little fucking treadmill too because he's yeah. had at least three that I can remember cycles of finding himself and bettering himself and then failing to live up to that and then finding himself and bettering himself and failing to live up with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, any of those could have been a real pivot for him to be a real character, but then they couldn't do the stupid Eugene shit anymore. And and they could have used multiple character flaws and him getting over them one at a time. Sure, because he's to... got a, probably a constellation of them. <laughs> Absolutely he does. But that that's what a better character study would do is, yes, you've solved one piece of the puzzle, but that doesn't make you a great human being yet. No. There are multiple things to fix here, and, and each time you fix one, you get better, but not perfect. Uh, Morgan gives Carol his armor and explains it's for Henry and then he just takes off and explains he's just going to walk the earth and Carol says yeah what you mean walk the earth uh-huh. and Morgan says I'm just I'm just going to go around get into adventures uh-huh. right some wrongs and Carol explains to him that what he's really saying he's going to be is a bum a bum yeah. because out of his armor legal tender or a place <laughs> to stay you're a bum and that's what you're going to be. And, yep. you know, Morgan says, fuck you anyway. Uh, Rick congratulates himself with his mercy prevailing over his wrath and has himself a nice cry under the stained glass tree. Question. A scene, a scene we've seen before. Why? Now that we've seen this entire 16-episode arc, why the fuck does Gimple decide to give to, to, to give away the ending in the very first episode of this season? It's inexplicable as, as, to me. It's It's the cheap tease like it's it's the thing to get everybody talking like oh rick is is hurt he's sitting under a tree crying and dying possibly like what's gonna happen to Saying rick? my mercy prevails it's, over my wrath yeah it's it's the cheap heat here um which is always what they go for they go for shock value and head scratchers and stuff like I that guess. whereas they don't go for the substantial drama of character interaction right i mean because like for the, for the few people that might have not known that in the comics rick spares negan's life mm-hmm. that could have been a genuine moment that they build to but with the whole like I, it's like i don't know these people think that they are the genetic hybrid of fucking uh quentin tarantino and Denae Villeneuve or something <laughs> Uh, and they're like, oh, I know. It's, let's do a fucking giant flash forward and get people really intrigued and talking. And what they're really doing is dropping their pants and showing everybody what they're working with. Like, it's it's not artistic. Yeah. It's it's crude. Uh, and, 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 like, why is there a stained glass tree here? Just to be visually interesting? Yeah, I guess somebody came along I mean, I, I get it. I'm, I get it. I'm really up. nitpicking at this point, but... Really? Yeah, I don't know. Who the fuck hung stained glass in the middle of nowhere? Oh, I completely... I forgot to... I I, I, I had a little side note that on the way to the ambush... Because Rick pantomimes at this big walker herd behind her. Well, we watched it last night uh, for the live watch. We are like... 
what the fuck are they talking about? What are they gesturing to? Especially the first scene where someone says, have you ever seen a, 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 a herd this size. big? They don't even say herd. They just say, have you ever seen one, one that this big? Size? And yeah. Rick says, no, I haven't. And we're like, we couldn't really. And I'm like, well, maybe it's the encoding because we watch it through a sling box so that we can tie it into our thing and watch it with the people. Uh, no, it's just terrible. Yeah, I couldn't tell what was happening. I just, I have a, I, I watched a very nice, pristine HD copy, and it's just really bad CGI, and also objectively not the largest herd we've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah, that, we've that's seen kind of some, what I was thinking. We've seen some pretty fucking big herds. Mm-hmm. Quarry herds bigger. Yeah, uh, the herd that the uh, fucking Abraham. Uh, drove his firefighter through or whatever uh, that that was bigger i feel like this was mm. just like i you know a couple hundred to maybe low thousand yeah i don't know i honestly couldn't tell if it was big or small because i couldn't tell what was happening it's just really shitty yeah. really shitty special effects um which has been another hallmark of this show just like mm-hmm. the, the the few times they do do something cgi it just gets seems like it's getting worse and worse uh, Christopher Walken impersonator guy tells Maggie he's going to the sanctuary uh, and he wants to make something new and better of it. He's read the key to the future, and I'm like, when? When did you read this? Does Maggie just let? Does Mag? Did Maggie let you, the hated savior inmate, check out a key to the future? Entrust you with the the stuff that might keep them going as a civilization. Like if if, if he's not to be trusted, what if he fucking burns it or puts yeah. it in a wood chipper or uses it for toilet paper or mm-hmm. steals it and runs back with Negan? Like you just fucking drop that you read the key to the future and what? Anyway, yeah, this is the problem with that connective tissue I was talking about. Sure, doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But he's going to go and build things and make a better future. We then see Tara Rosita and some other dude oh who's got a beard God. and a top knot. Uh, drive up to the sanctuary with a bunch of windows and supplies. Uh, ne- <laughs> Negan's wives properly dressed and out of their cocktail dresses to where I didn't even recognize them at first. I'm like, who the hell are yeah. these people? It's Negan's wives. Uh, they greet them. Barcode neck is gardening because she just, you know, I don't know. That's the other thing. Like, do I believe all of Negan's tough dudes are just... Like, yeah, they'd surrender, but would they just, like, instantly beat their plows into the... the or their swords into plowshares? I don't know. Uh, barcode would, I, I mean, the biggest problem I have with this is it just comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay, Tara's in this truck with glass. Mm-hmm. They're opening the gates of the sanctuary for her. Mm-hmm. We've never seen anybody communicate that, hey, Negan lost that battle out on the right. field. Um, we don't... We, I, I mean, they should open up... This could up, be the same day. Yeah, we don't know anything about what transpired between right. the battle and and how the saviors came to know about it. And and how like none of it makes any connective sense at all. Yeah, was this the final outpost? Is Negan finally out of guys? Did he leave no one back to like supervise the workers so they don't arm them? Right. I mean, I have a lot of questions, and none of them are answered. And I don't really care to have them too, so it's a little disingenuous for me to ask. Um, so yeah, they show up. How, how are they gonna? They're gonna take framed glass windows <laughs> and just like what duct tape them together to make I these guess. big ass windows they need for the factory? Maybe maybe they'll cut some glass and I I don't I don't know I yeah okay. maybe they'll just make a bunch of stained they'll just break it all and make a bunch of cool stained glass. Uh, <laughs> also, why do you replace all these windows in the first place? Board them the fuck up. Yeah, who cares? Like you have windows up on the top floors of this. thing. Yeah, are you gonna make a greenhouse in there? I no, guess, then board them up. It's better defense. Maybe defense. Why? What? What's defense? What? Why is it better? Defense? Like you want to be able to see out, to see if anybody's coming to get you. Oh, they've had this solved in the Middle Ages. You cut like a little slit through so yeah. that you can see out perfectly, and they but can't no one shoot can arrows see in. in. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, they're going to fix their windows. It's 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 uh-huh. uh, Mayor Rudolph Giuliani has come in with his broken <laughs> windows philosophy, and he's like, "This can't stand. We got to fix them all." Uh, and here's a bunch of ill-fitted windows for you to fix it with. Uh, and a school bus shows up with even more glass and more people to help put it all together because everybody's getting along. Kumbaya. Uh, Daryl banishes Dwight. Uh, at, he he drives him in the middle of nowhere in the back of a truck. Uh, he makes Dwight thinks he's going to kill him, and Dwight makes peace with that. And then, so it's weird. He makes peace with it and says, "I'm ready," but then he cry confesses everything in what it seems like an obvious attempt to get Daryl's mercy. Hmm. And Daryl says, "Relax, man. I'm the good guy. I'm just banishing you. Get the fuck out of here." But if you ever come back and I see your face, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Which we know is an idle threat because he has plenty of reason to kill him here. Yeah. And he doesn't. Right. Uh, Morgan calls on Jadis or Anne, as she is called by her human friends. <laughs> uh, he says that Rick is trying to reboot the world, and she's like, cool, I'm in. Let's go. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to be alone. But yeah, you, who just witnessed a massacre of her people and then fed them all through a dog food machine, <laughs> you go and have fun. Uh, so great. Jadis is Jadis is joining the party. Uh, Dwight pulls up to a house that he had with Sherry as established a million years ago. Uh, and she has left him a note that says D honeymoon infinity symbol. Mm-hmm. That probably means something, but I don't care. It's what has it been? So it's been like 20 days since he's visited this house. It's been at least two years since we've visited that house. Mm-hmm. And I don't oh, fucking more remember what it was like, about. Dwight was like the season before Negan even showed up. Like season five? Season think, six? I think season maybe? five or six for sure. Yeah. So it's been two years at least of real time. Uh-huh. And I don't fucking remember what this is about. Right. I, I recognized the pretzels and I was right. like, oh, that's the same house he was at before. But Oh, is that honeymoon even... actually a pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> or I mean the infinity symbols that actually <laughs> no, a, pr- a pretzel? There's a bag of pretzels uh, on, the, okay. on the nightstand. But I don't remember why he's there. Infinity Honeymoon. Honeymoon mm-hmm. Infinity. We're on Honeymoon Forever? Yeah. I, I, but, dude. but I never cared about Dwight. I never cared about Sherry. I yeah. don't care about this shit. You're going to stay away or Daryl's going to kill you or he's going to reveal that be an impotent threat. So, And I'm not going to be there for it. No. Uh, Carol returns uh, triumphantly to the hilltop with a smile on her face. Maggie then recruits Jesus and Daryl into a shadowy conspiracy to build the hilltop up. Okay, reasonable. Make it thrive for the people. Yeah, that sounds like something Maggie would do. Be able to better defend ourselves. But Rick and Michonne, they're wrong, so we're going to bide our time, wait for our moment, and then we're going to show him. Mm-hmm. We're going to rub his nose in his urine stain. I, I, I don't again, know what show him means. Are they going to let Negan out and give him a machete and have him rampage like Morgan did with the wolf? I don't know, but all I know is Bear McCreary busted out his minor chord and bass synth of yeah. madness that is usually reserved for the governor going off or Negan bashing someone's head in or like maybe it's nothing. Maybe they're just maybe they're just shallowly <laughs> and shamelessly emotionally manipulating me and building something up is going to be no big deal. They wouldn't do that, would they? Of course not. Angela Kang wouldn't do that. Here, can, can I say this is the one season I can remember in recent history that they have not done some stupid ass cliffhanger? Because I don't think this is a cliffhanger. This tells how you, is it not a cliffhanger? Because this tells you exactly what they're gonna do, and and we have to think about like how it's going to happen we have to think about how all Mm. this is going to go down they don't they don't say hey we're going to do something 
We're going to do something. No one knows who it's against. No one knows what it's going to be, but well, no we're going to do Well, no one does know it. what it's going to be, but we right, do know the Right, but we know the, the goal. The goal here sure. is to kill Negan. Yes. I, ass- I assume the language is so vague, I'm actually not even sure about that. Show him. Right. Killing Negan doesn't show him anything. Right. Like, are, like what are they going to so, do? They're going to let Negan escape so that he can, like, I just, right, like, that seems I mean. insane. Surely they can't do that. Right. I just feel like it'd be funny if next, uh, I said this on the live watch, but if next season, if they open every episode of the cold open where Maggie's given a briefing about the latest plan and just like, like the danger five show and she ends each one with it. And, and, and above all else, we must kill Negan. Like every single episode starts off that way. Yeah. And it hilariously goes wrong. Uh, danger five. You should check it out. I, I, I don't know that you can watch it anywhere though. It used to be on Netflix. I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it last night because I'm like, you know what? That's funny. I just want to watch all the cold opens of Danger Five. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Huh. So you know, I just gave you a really awesome uh, referral, and I have no idea how you fulfill it. Uh, let's see. Oh yes, Rick and Michonne are taunting Negan in the sick ward of the hilltop, saying that you're going to rot in a cell for the rest of your life, and your evidence that we're making a civilization and a living example of how wrong you are and how much things have changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. I again I don't I don't know how just holding a man without trial and 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 like there's like I don't know what legality uh is right. being established here. I don't know what civilization's being established. I don't I, I don't know how him being alive creates a living example of how wrong he is when so many of his men died. I'd I, I, I don't I don't know that this really uh, looks like justice, let alone in some kind of uh, apocalyptic such situation. But that's what Rick's asserting here. You know what? I'm on Maggie and Daryl and and uh, Jesus side. Mm-hmm. By the way, Jesus part of this conspiracy. Yeah, we kind of talked about this, but it, it makes no sense. Right. This is the man who just told Morgan mm-hmm. to use the blunt end of the stick, and he's against Negan. Go, you know, being put in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes zero sense. It's it another flip flop of a character. Seems very weird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gabriel walks around in his burnt out church, falls down to his knees, and thanks God. So that happened. Uh, we end the episode <laughs> yeah. on Rick walking down a gravel road to little Carl, and he's writing a letter to him yeah. in the background, thanking he's... him for showing him the way towards the future. He's... Signed, Dud. Yeah, he signs a Dud, which is a little weird. <laughs> It's an homage. Uh, I like it. It's touching. You showed me the new world. I remember dud. <laughs> it's, it is a dud because it turns out <laughs> my two best friends in the world that have shared so much pain and joy with me are going to are going to fucking backstab me the first chance they get. Yep. It's just uh, politics, Rick. Get used to it. That's the end of the last episode of The Walking Dead I'm ever going to watch. Yep. And thank goodness. Yep. I feel free. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like Morgan. I feel like Morgan, except for I'm not going to get trapped into the fear of the walking dead. Right. I'm going on the greener cow pastures. I'm going to walk hand in hand with Carl, with Chandler Riggs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk hand in hand into the no walking dead future in our lives. Yep. I mean, there's a lot like I would, I would like to say and like questions I'd have to ask about like how much, you know, that the, what the future of The Walking Dead is going to look like. But it's it just doesn't seem like there's there's much of a point to it at this point. Yeah. And I got a lot of that in feedback, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't include any of it because, yeah, that's not like we'll probably talk more about that next week. Mm-hmm. I imagine like stuff that 
what ifs and what could have you know, been. Yeah, what ifs and and do we think there's any future without Scott Gimple actually show running this thing? Like oh, all of those questions we'll talk about later. Oh, and just in case uh, you're getting excited week. for Scott Gimple leaving, he gave an interview this week that said that he and Angela King have essentially broken down all the story beat for season nine together. So yeah. don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. His his shit grimed fingerprint is still going to be on next season too. Cool. If, you, if you had some high hopes for Angela. Yeah. Cause, a, lot, a lot of cause, people do. Because yeah. no, you know, God knows you can't just flip the keys to a show like The Walking Dead to any jackass and expect anything good to come from it, right, Scott? Uh huh. You need someone to hold your hand. You can't just have this this just be dumped on your lap because this is a shit show, right? Like, God. And also the it, it's funny to me how everybody is saying, oh, how much better the show is going to be under Angela Kang. Because look at some of the episodes she's written. Mm-hmm. You could say the exact same damn thing of Scott Gimple. Yeah, we did. Scott Gimple ran, ran a show into a ground after writing several pretty good episodes early on. Yeah. Uh, so don't think that it, anything is going to change under Angela Kang. It's not about the showrunner at this point. It's about AMC itself. Yes. Until, like, the thing that would make, give me hope for The Walking Dead is if Netflix or AMC cancels it and Netflix brings it back right yeah or hbo uh, or hbo Snatches or something like up. that that's what i'm saying like this show is ripe for a reboot yeah. like just a just a just like <laughs> jesus hashtag too soon man i mean you wait 10 years and let's say yeah, kirkman yeah. finishes the walking dead which i think he probably will mm-hmm. uh and a somebody could option a rights and just do the actual comic book mm-hmm. with with i mean the only thing is you this was a really good cast yeah and i don't see how you cast it any better but you could certainly just do the comic book, and it would be better than any of this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and do the whole damn thing in, like, seven seasons. You don't even have to – yeah, you don't even have to write anything. You don't have to storyboard anything. You just have to find, a, you know, a, a showrunner, a, a couple directors, a couple writers who are passionate about the material, who actually enjoy it, uh, and, and have them adapt it. But I think it mm-hmm. will probably be done. I yeah, don't know. We'll, maybe We'll not. see. I don't – I don't know. It depends on what the rights look like. That's to say, AMC too. might never surrender the rights yeah. to this thing because they might not have. They to. could just keep spinning off, and if, as long as there's people that are content to watch a mediocre zombie show, then mm-hmm. they'll probably be success more successful than they are with like. Why would they keep gambling with things like Halt and Catch Fire when they can yeah. try out Fear the Walking Dead and get four million, five million, six million views? Yep. So why would they take a chance with like uh, what's the, the new scary go- the terror the terror yeah. Why would they take a chance at that? And yeah, I don't know. What is the terror pulling in? I, I don't know the ratings, but it's actually pretty good. Uh, no, I like I, it. no, AMC has made some actually pretty good shows. Yeah, Hall and Catch Fire is awesome. Right. But. Um, it's just nobody's watching them. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe terrible turn it around. I don't know. Uh, that's the episode. That's the episode. Uh, again, we are doing a podcast wrap-up that's going to mostly be reminiscing about the past and the, the, the our favorite moments from the show and our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something to kind of, like, uh, get closure for us as much as it is for the people who have been listening to the show for a long time. And you can send feedback to that at thewatchingdeadatbaldmove.com. Also, again, there's a great forum thread that's already got people uh, contributing a lot of stuff to it over on forums.baldmove.com. Jim, do we have an email of the week? Uh, yes, we do. Hey, want to take a break and shout out our sponsor for this week, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. There's something for everyone with HelloFresh's selection. They've got three plans you can choose from, classic, veggie, and family. 
they encourage you to rediscover the excitement of cooking uh, by enjoying not having to plan dinner, spending money on takeout for an easy night, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week, which, honestly, as the person that does most of cooking in my house, is a, is a real deal. Like, mm-hmm. the fatigue and boredom that sets in just planning on what to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we just eat dog food? Can just have dog, can dog food every night? I'm just so <laughs> sick and tired of coming up with this. For me, it's about the coordination of, like, are we, are we going to be able to use all of this ingredient before it goes bad? Yeah. We'll have to, like, Plan three meals around kale or something, right. but when they deliver, have you know, a kid and pets. You don't have to worry about leftovers; they just they, disappear yeah. magically. Uh, Hello Fresh also believes cooking should be simple and convenient, not a chore. Lots of them uh, have one pot recipes for seriously speedy cooking and minimal cleanup. There's also very many uh, benefits to subscribing, so you can keep enjoying Hello Fresh week after week. Get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes in each week's box. Again, big selling point for me because you know everyone loves Taco Tuesday, but man, when it's the 39th Taco Tuesday consecutively, maybe maybe <laughs> you want to mix it up with something different, something I feel, new. I feel like there's a Hello Fresh meal that I could eat probably 39 times in a row. It's their uh, chicken Dijon, like creamy Dijon chicken recipe mm. with couscous. It's actually really, really good. Seriously, it's like one of my favorite meals that I cook at home. Uh, it makes things fun, easy, and simple because they have step-by-step illustrated instructions. Everything's conveniently prepackaged. You get right the, the, the exact right amount of uh, fresh, uh, responsibly sourced ingredients delivered right to your door. And for $30 off your first week of HelloFresh... Visit HelloFresh.com and enter TWD30. That's HelloFresh.com and enter TWD30 promo code to get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Hey, I'd also like to tell everybody about our club. Uh, you know, if you've enjoyed the the many, many seasons that we've done on The Walking Dead or the, the, the totality of the things that were produced, know that we can only do this much stuff because we work at this full time. Uh, and the club makes that possible in large in large part. You can go to club.baldmove.com to get the pitch and all the different special features. One thing I want to highlight, we just had, like, I thought a really good quip, which is a segment we call Quit Your Pitching, where Jim and I use a tool on the Internet to randomly generate fictional television shows. Mm-hmm. And then we try to spontaneously come up with a pitch. And we had, like, a, a really good one for Days and Nights of Apes, where we spun <laughs> a conspiracy involving the murdered gorilla Harambe, uh, Jane Goodall running an illegal underground eight prison, uh, slave ring, and anonymous uh, faking deaths, and there's, there's twists and, and, and turns and intrigue, all kinds of stuff. It was so good, we're, we're making it the uh, the sample quip. If you go to club.baldmove.com, you can actually preview a lot of these features, but you get extra bonus digital content like that. You get uh, video versions for podcasts. You get ad-free feeds, VIP section of forums, uh, spoiler-filled movie reviews for first-run bald movies, all kinds of stuff. Check it out at club.baldmove.com. Uh, I got a bunch of emails this week, but a lot of it was about, hey, the the podcast is ending, you know, sorry, not sorry kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I, I tried to ignore that in favor of doing that all next week. So this week it's Alex G., who wrote in with an email discussing kind of a, a, a character that we haven't really focused on much in recent episodes. Heath. No, no. A little bit more than that. Okay. Uh, Alex G says, how do you feel about the fact that Carol chooses to live at the kingdom? I like her scenes with Ezekiel and think they might even be setting her up as the next leader of that community. 
But I think it's kind of weird how much she is separated from the main group whom she loved so much. Rick cared enough that Carol left. Uh, when Carol left, he went looking for her. But then we never see them reconnect or even acknowledge, oh, hey, Rick, Carol's back. She hasn't had any big scenes with the OG group all season, and I think that's sad. She could talk to Rick about losing a child or express her sympathy to Maggie about Glenn. I miss her scenes with the old cast, and I think that this seems kind of cold of Carol to detach herself completely from these people that she would do anything for and who use, she used to call her family. What do you think about her change of location and why she would decide that? I thought that was a fairly interesting question because I think Alex is right here. I, I, I've been surprised with how little interaction she's had with the people that we view as her group mm-hmm. uh, and how much that has shifted onto like Ezekiel right. um, away from everybody else. Uh, I think Carol's fundamental role and the thing that she's most comfortable being is uh, a caregiver and a nurturer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what she wanted to be in her life, and she's never really been able to do it because it turned into a nightmare when she was an actual ha- housewife and she was stuck with her abusive asshole husband. Uh, and then she was forced to become a warrior by circumstances. Similarly, the way And that- she lost her daughter, which took away that aspect of her personality. Right, exactly. And just similar to the way that, like, Rick and Daryl, who are more stereotypically masculine roles, can be nurturing caregivers when, the, you know, when little ass kicker needs it, um, you know, I think that she realizes that no one in an Alexander really needs her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick has got, you know, has, has, has essentially married Michonne, and they've got this nice little nuclear family that's little ass kickers being cared for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl is like, you know, the tough uncle that will always protect them. Uh, but at the, at the hilltop, or at the kingdom, rather, people need her. Like, Ezekiel is kind of broken in a way that she can maybe sympathize with and help. And I think she's attracted to him. Uh, you know, Henry needs guidance and might be the adoptive son that she, you know, ado- adoptive child that uh, she has had taken from her so many times. So, and, and again, absence this crazy Maggie Hilltop plot, I think that it's overblown to say living in the kingdom is abandoning Rick and Alexandria because I imagine there will be lots of trade and lots of visits and opportunities to do that. Uh, but, but she's going to where people need her as, which is what makes her happy and sane. And hopefully she can hang up her armor and, and not get it down for a real long time. Uh, that's my take on it. What do you think? Okay. Okay. I was trying to Maggie you. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'd be, you'd, you'd say, no, Carol can't leave. She's been gone. Oh, she no. She was doing the uh, what's his name? Oh, Jer- the yeah. Jersey Devil yeah, gives yeah, like yeah. this crazy long speech, and she then she's just like, him. "Okay, okay, all right." Uh, yeah, no, I, I think you're right about that. Um, her her role is kind of over in that community, mm-hmm. um, and moving on seems like, I guess, the right thing for her. I'm just it. She did in this, I guess, whole sequence of all that war feel surprisingly detached from the rest of the group. I'm I'm also with Alex. I think it it kind of I, I guess I never quite understood where Carol was headed. Mm-hmm. Um and, and for her to so swiftly move away from the group that she was, you know, joined to early on surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh when I th- when I look back and I say, "Oh yeah, you're you're right. They didn't do a lot with Carol in that group." Uh but I guess 
I don't know. It, it kind of is more interesting for Carol to move on than for her to stay. Cause, cause we have so many new people that have come into that group um, and people that have been in that group for a very long time still uh, that we don't really need Carol. And, and Ezekiel kind of needs Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her going to the kingdom makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right. As far as leadership, Alexandria has tons of, of, of leaders. They got yeah. Rick and Michonne and Rosita uh, I'm probably leaving a few out. Um, but yeah, a lot of people and, died. And that caregiver I, role is not really a leadership role, like right, like you were saying. And, and, and Hilltop has got Maggie and Jesus and 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 Daryl if he stays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of solid leadership. The kingdom's got Ezekiel, who I would not describe as a strong leader. He's a charismatic figure. He's emotional, inspirational. But does he mm-hmm. know how to? make the trains run on time does he know how to like mm. I, I think logistics I, I think i think carol is a lot more grounded and can help him like if 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 she's the prime minister to his king mm-hmm. that might be an interesting and also she just has got she's got she was on the prison council uh she's got you know she she's got her own strong leadership qualities as well that you know and also Taking care of Ezekiel and looking after Henry also would would fit into that that nurturing role that keep, keeps her grounded and, and happy as well. So I'm not, and I, I I'm I'm anticipating emails. I'm not saying that because Carol's a woman that she's naturally care. I'm not saying right, that right. bullshit because there's lots of examples of shows of we females that are not like natural nurturers. Like think of Rosita, <laughs> Rosita yeah. Tara. Uh-huh. Um, I'd almost say Michonne, except for I think Michonne was she just got warped and twisted by losing her family into like the kind of cold, icy killer that she's become, and she's yeah. kind of rediscovering that. Even Lori. <laughs> Yeah, even even, even uh, a, woman, you're right. a woman in this show with kids, yeah, was not a natural, wasn't nurturer, very natural no. nurturing caregiver. So I, I, I don't, I don't want people to con- construe that. I do think that that is Carol's arc, though. Yeah, uh, the character, and uh, and also that's not that doesn't mean that she can't be more than that because obviously she's become more than that. So that's mm-hmm. all. Just wanted to make sure I said okay. that. Yeah, uh, that's all we got this week. Yeah, watching dead at baldmove.com, uh, forums.baldmove.com. Check out that sticky thread if you'd like to contribute to our final podcast episode. Uh, it has been a lot of fun. There's been a lot of ups and downs over the year. What's what I thought was amazing was listening to some of those clips, how genuinely excited I still was for the show. Like yeah. episode three, like the Laura Fiesta cast. I was talking about, like, you know, this is like a really good episode. <laughs> and. Uh, I used to be excited, and then even in the early Gimple era, there the the promise that this would be better than what Mazera had made it, and we mm-hmm. gave him a lot of seasons of slack. And it turns out the villains of the show are not Negan, it's not the Governor, uh, it's not Merle, it's the AMC executives running okay. AMC Studios, and they're 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 number crunchers because they're just bad at their job, and they're they're creatively and emotionally bankrupt. Yeah, no, it's uh, unfortunate. At times, I feel like a villain myself for prolonging this podcast for as long as we did. Uh, I'm glad it's shutting down, not mm. because I don't have to do it, but because I feel like I was doing a disservice by doing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, and it, it's it's also kind of sad, right? Like I right. I look at it and I I see everybody writing in saying, oh, I, I the only reason I watched The Walking Dead is because you guys podcast it, and at once I feel bad and sort of gratified in a weird way right. like the people loved us so much that they were willing to stick with this shitty show no, uh, that feels good but on the yeah. other hand 
in my real life, I've always been very scared to stay at easy and enjoyable jobs that were at its core bad and not mm-hmm. stretching me or moving me to grow because you get complacent, you get lazy, yeah. and you start becoming bad at the thing that you do. And then what happens when you need to be good? Like, And I've seen that even in this podcast that we're recording right now that like... I'm not doing a good job of really covering The Walking Dead. I'm not either. Yeah. Now, I don't think the show deserves it, and I think I'm mm-hmm. perfectly entitled to like not have to ask of myself to look up what Infinity Honeymoon means from three seasons ago. Right. I actually tried to do some research on, like, why... What is with this A spray painted? Is this going back to the fr- the, the, the term- cannibal plot, the terminus, terminus plot, yeah. and, like, this, the fact that A is a thing? Is this just, just fucking Gimple's favorite letter? And, like... And I'm just, I, I was going around and I couldn't I actually, the seventh link was an erotic piece of fan fiction. Oh, Jesus. Take it in the Involving Negan and Daryl. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? What am what I doing? doing? Yeah. What am I, I'm, I, yeah. And I just like, I mm. just don't think it's good for me to continue to essentially wallow around with this show. Yeah. And the, the show we're we're making at this point is not the show that I would like to make. Right. Like it's, there is a version. I, I will say that there is a version of this show that I would be happy to continue making. We just don't have the production, but like, I wish I worked for a funny or die mm, or yeah. a Starburns industry or something that has a little money besides yeah. just two guys trying to rub nickels together and make a dime, uh, that we could have like a staff and do so. Cause I think there's some ideas that we could continue doing this and take the piss out of the show, but in a way that stretches us creatively, um, we just we just don't have. I mean, we we really tried this winter to come up with a format that would work, and we just couldn't do it. And and trotting this thing out again and again is just yeah, it's boring for for me certainly. Um, so yeah, that that's where we're gonna leave this final episode of the podcast or final episode of Walking Dead. We will be back, like Aaron said, for next week with the podcast wrap up. Hope you'll join us then. Uh, the and- podcast finale fiesta. Yes, it is going to be a fiesta. It's going We're going to, to have a, a second a, fiesta cast. Official fiesta. Fiesta has been declared. Yeah. We are in a state of fiesta. So hopefully. Do you, do you hear the the uh, mariachi band in the background? That is the, that, that means it's, this is not a warning. This is not a drill. We have a full-blown <laughs> fiesta incoming next week. Hell yeah. See you then. Yeah.